Welcome to NFT Sundays, a weekly conversation around art and technology, brought to you by Dementi and the Museum of Crypto Art. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another special episode of NFT Sundays. I'm Colborn Bell with the Museum of Crypto Art, and I am joined by our guest today, uh, esteemed artist, VR designer, developer, um, creator of, of Mad Worlds. We have Sam Rolls with us. Hey, happy to be here. Thanks so much Thanks for, for joining. Me. Yeah, real pleasure. Um, so we're going to start where we always start. You know, we just love to hear uh, anything you'd like to share about yourself and perhaps any sort of uh, ways, means, or affiliation with the NFT space. <laughs> sure. Um, well, as some, as some background, well, actually, speaking literally to background, if, there's, if y'all hear any like screaming in the background, I'm at a virtual production space in Gowanus in Brooklyn called Zero Space, which is a place that we've started partnering with. They do like XR stuff. They do you know big LED walls. They have a new venue. Um, and we are the first artist team to do their artist residency. scene. We're helping kind of define what that what that looks like and what, what that kind of partnership between like an artistic R&D experimental art practice looks like in in a uh, settled in like a, in a commercial space, which is one that I feel fairly conversant in because up until recently, that's been mostly how we've made our art. It's been through music videos. It's been through stage performances, which, you know, they, we tip, typically pick fairly artistic ones or left of center ones or whatever, but they're still within a, a commercial context. So um, anyway, we, we do we do all that kind of stuff. We do stage performance, motion capture, VR, puppetry, um, did things like Lady Gaga's uh, remix album cover, stuff like that, um, sculpture. And um, to to kick it off with your with, with that first prompt of like, how, how are we related to like Web3 or crypto space? I mean, we, we got in, we started, I guess, a dialogue with it relatively early like er- early relative to the current like wave like what was that, like 2020 or something like that um our longtime like creative producer Kara kittle who's over at other internet um clued us in on things and i've been you know friends with for example um matt dryhurst and holly herndon josh citarella um and the new models people who uh that was the first no actually no that was not the first one we did that was a the most recent like you know nft thing that i've participated in um it wasn't really mine it was me more doing um helping out on the design work and the kind of concepting um to help raise money for their for their venture um which i can kind of talk about later but called channel um and then but prior to that we were we've been in the process of putting together a game which has now kind of become the short film stage thing i think it still will end up being a game but um the back end of it was intended to have a web3 uh basis one which would basically pay out involved community people depending on their their um, participation and be an opt-in thing it, it's, it was my intention to bring it in in a way that i felt was meaningful and helpful to the format and did not take it didn't distract from the work itself so um and then andy my brother andy who i run the studio with team rolfus he has been he, he's been minting stuff pretty consistently and he he has uh, more of a consistent output in terms of like uh you know and and is part of refraction dow and and with our with our commercial producer dina chang who um helps set up refraction down they're they're very active in that space i've been less so more watching it from you know the shadows coming in when i feel it's appropriate it's always nice to have somebody close to you to take those first steps mm-hmm. yeah absolutely. Yeah. learn learn those lessons um 
you know, I, I've read a lot. Obviously, kind of NFTs were, were very much a market born of coronavirus. Um, and people, you know, going back indoors, being on their computers, probably feeling a lot of the, you know, I think emotion that you work with primarily, which perhaps could be called as anxiety. Um, so I'm just curious from, from your standpoint, you know, at a time when generally we would have expected the, the VR medium to flourish, uh, what you were seeing like happen from a corporate side, um, and perhaps like why you think or you don't think that maybe nfts might have helped fill a gap for people sure yeah i mean that is one thing that, that was uh remarkable and frustrating to me during the initial year and a half or so of the pandemic was you know we had been putting together these live stream interactive shows these live 3d animations that had audience input that people could vote it was like this whole it's like twitch plays pokemon but for a whole 3D like drama basically. And for example, one was supposed to be an official show for, was like a huge official show for Twitch. One was an, it was a pilot for Adult Swim because Adult Swim had these very, very well built out live stream uh, studios that they were starting to work with. And in each case, um, the case with Twitch, it was Amazon. The case with uh, Adult Swim, it was AT&T. The parent company came in, decided that they were redundant and then fired the entire team. And then so ended their creative live stream um, you know, venture. And I feel like similar things happen. It, it, it happens even more prematurely with, with VR because, um, you know, an, an executive of these parents, as, as these corporations get more and more consolidated, you know, the, the execs that are like 500 levels high, like above wherever the, 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 this ostensible art or whatever content is being created is even has no, has no understanding of the, you know, the, the possibilities or the implications. They're completely removed from that context. So, yeah, I mean, VR, I guess, I, in a way, VR kind of can can keep doing its thing in the shadows because it's like it's always relied on VC money and it's always been this kind of like moonshot thing. Um, I will say that, I mean, Half-Life Alex came out uh, in, on VR during that time and it was, that was like a big a pandemic thing for me. But yeah, I don't know. Um, it, it, but it is, to, my point being that like a lot of what you would expect uh, in terms of new novel formats that are like perfectly placed for you know the times we live in not going forward or not expanding in the way that you would expect is oftentimes in my ex in experience just a result of these gigantic megacorps not recognizing that and wanting to fall back on core co competencies or whatever even though that they're even though their pro profits are crazy and they could they could for you know uh, they could stand to lose a little money um and so and so you know crypto and and NFT market and things like that not require having relatively less uh, startup costs like you don't need you know they, I mean a, a, a lot of my interest in that world is one of creating your own platforms creating your own networks de detaching from platform capitalism now granted you, depending on what it looks like you could be just end up being creating your own platform capitalism for yourself but um, it by those I, it, it makes sense to me that those would be more successful more quickly because there's that the money and the people who were funding it and the people who were participating it largely were the same people. So you didn't really have to pitch it to too many people. You just had to pitch to like one guy and then we're off to the races. Whereas with more legacy media, you have to go through years of trying to get it to convince one dude at the top to let this thing go through. So anyway, that, that's that's kind of how I've been tracking media markets for the last couple of years. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I think what we've seen is... Uh just an immediate bootstrapping of capital, uh, an immediate like bootstrapping of community with future promises. Um, that is kind of then left 
into like the full control and creative direction of the artists. Uh, we have not seen really anything on the level that kind of you create as far as world building. Um, so for me, it's like these very tiny Lego blocks of an unproven and like promised mm -hmm. future. Uh, so I can, I can see a lot of like the reservations and, and hangups because, uh, I think the way you play is on a level that's much deeper and more experienced than where most people are coming from. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I, I, on, on face value, I like the inclination of all these different projects, like have lore and have a discord and have all these things that have become like cliches in that world. But like because people are looking at them as just like boxes to be checked and there's no there's no critical i mean honestly there's just no critical discourse la layer other than just like quote tweeting on twitter or whatever to, to like be like this stuff sucks and and also that honestly in a lot of cases the quality of the thing has very little to do now you could say this about the traditional art world but like the quality of the thing has very little to do with its value or its success as a project but i do get like i think it, it does the whole you know format a disservice by all these like Oh, sorry. By by, um, all these different projects, uh, having this kind of like, you know, uh, slapped on lore, and then th things that are just like create the illusion of of more substance, um, and that yeah, and and not falling through. Yeah, I mean, it's just like increasingly derivative, and then people slowly abandon the projects, and it's just like who is left holding exactly. the bag? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, but in in some instances, it's it's nice when the creator gets paid. Uh, <laughs> although then of course they're beholden to uh, what has been affectionately termed the community of apes uh, you know the people that are in right. there for yeah for no other reason than just to to speculate wildly um, let's let's take it in and shift gears I'm super fascinated by uh, one probably your vision for you know this this broad brush term the metaverse um, what you think these spaces offer people and you know, then from there, maybe we can start to get into how we should be dialoguing with these spaces at this stage. Yeah, I mean, my my view. I mean, I am working. It, we're we're playing with metaverse tropes and stuff as as much as there are any right now in our work, kind of from like a critical parody angle. But I mean, it, the way that I view it, really, outside of just like a, a thing to be to be a, a, a cultural reference point that I can just use to make our art, otherwise is that it's 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 just it's just the normal expansion of capital into new markets because every other market has been you know has been used up has been completely consolidated and that that the idea that like it's, it's the, basically the in short the colonization of online organic communities so like these communities have existed online forever even you know before vr chat just like people customizing things you you know appropriating ip and mixing and matching and creating their own stories and their own lore and all these different things which is incredibly powerful and companies see that they see not only is it powerful and is impactful but that that is lost profits on their end their people are using their ip and so and here comes this new technology that lets you you know uh, put put like directly link things to an owner so that you know my my most cynical take is that for all the you know my all the horizontalist you know um cooperatively owned things that, that the technology allows that interests me it also really uh gives gives corporations a new tool to completely uh, uh, uh capture ownership over everything and just like and make the public square you know the the former kind of public square of fan fiction 
just another Fortnite level. And so you have to pass through, you know, it's just another platform capitalism thing where the, the, the conversation is happening on their platforms using their IP, to, like, their characters that you build. And yeah, you can do everything you want, but it's within the bounds that they set. So um, yeah, my, my, my conception of like what the metaverse, metaverse represents in that capacity is just uh, cynical corporate consolidation. In terms of like aesthetics and stuff, it, it does at least make the the public more aware of like VR stuff and like and avatars and things that we have been working with artistically. So it's good for me making like art about it. But on a social level, it's I, I'm yeah, I, it's been uh, mixed at best. I'll say as somebody who spends most of their time like home alone exploring this technology very independently, I just came back from a week in Los Angeles spending time with with Hollywood. Uh, trying to get their tentacles around this, you know, Andreessen Horowitz tapping major studios to, again, try and control IP and find uh, talents to represent in ways to... And it's just fascinating because what we started with was something entirely different and what it grew to become, of course, is very disheartening um, as everything increasingly gets pulled more mainstream to the center, sterilized... Uh, and I, I feel from you and your work, uh, just like the, the speed and the responsiveness and the invitation to bring people into, um, probably antithetical places to what perhaps meta is, uh, producing. So I'm just, you know, I'm what wins, you know, does like the, does the speed of artist creativity and, and this invitation is this where you hope people will go to continue to challenge themselves or has it just become so controlled and owned that everything just kind of floats to the top again? Yeah. I mean, it's also a question of, of these, the, it's the incentive structures of these platforms when like there is no alter, like I wouldn't have my work hosted on Instagram if I had any other option, you know, like it, it is, we, sorry. Um, we, we, we imagine that, you know, there, there's, you know, unlimited potential or there's, there's always alternatives to go, you know, go, go off the grid. So called like, as it were for, from like Facebook or whatever, but as these become the only option available to us, it's also, it's not, it's, it's maybe not even as much as like the speed of art being created to try and subvert for it's that, it's that the platforms, the places that they have to live to be able to reach anybody are, are forced into such a specific uh, a value structure to be successful that like nobody can create if you were trying to create anything uh counter to that or subversive of the trends it just won't it just won't exist could you could you explain to me just like how uh you you create your art the the technical aspect of this um and uh perhaps the intent of of the worlds that you built the way we build stuff is very uh real it's very improvisational it's very painterly we, we come from a painting background you know, all, all, all of our technical tools, all of our tech tools, our virtual tools were selected because I like to respond to things in the moment. So like the reason why I do, we do live motion capture with live VR and VR puppetry is kind of like an expressiveness and a in the moment response to uh, stimuli or like how the scene's going. It's like, it's like being a DJ or somebody with, a, with an audience. Um, and that can be, that happens whether we're on stage or if we're just in the studio making a music video. Um, and the way in which we go about it varies, obviously, depending on what it is. Um, the, you know, a stage show is going to be different than a music video. They're using the same tools, but they, they're in different contexts. I mean, I have to consider different things dynamically, obviously, with like a music video versus something else, versus like a sketch, like a, you know, one of the kind of like format parody sketches I do. Um, but right now we're, we're starting up the first 
first projects in like five or six years that are entirely us. And it's like a, it started from the game. And again, the game, the game that we've been working on is, is forming the kind of world that is being, being built off of. But um, it's with the kind of infamous poet troll, internet troll, Jacob Bakilla, um, who has had many, uh, uh, you know, well-known internet aliases and stuff, but he's, he's co-writing it with me. And it's it's going to end up being a potentially a short film, um, but it's definitely going to be a stage show that's debuting in Australia in June with Lil Mariko. And the way we go about that is significantly more holistic. Where now we now we're doing we're not just doing world building to the extent that like we want to flesh out the world enough that like it will carry a song for five minutes, but it's like using all these performative real time tools. How do you carry over the dramaturgy of you know the the mechanics of mocap and like what the the language of mocap and how it relates to an interactive environment? Carrying that into now our own story has been very freeing. So that's been for for that. Normally, I just jump. We just jump in, sculpt characters, sculpt the, sculpt the environment in VR, get in there, VR puppet stuff, do everything like three or four weeks. This has been like two or three months of me just making storyboards and charts and mood boards and writing and writing and like a lot of charts and stuff. So, um, but usually, but once we actually dig in, you can't really un, you can't really fully understand a scene or like the dramatic capabilities of a character until you like play around with it. And so there's always going to be a little bit of le you know leeway. So we like. You know, it's you we jump into a scene. We kind of know where it's going to go. We know some of the dialogue, but then we kind of are still riffing in the moment because the, the the way that the characters act and move once you actually get them in a virtual space gives them so much. You you find a lot of unexpected things that end up being the best part of the performance or video or show or whatever. So yeah, it's all very responsive. I mean, I'm. <sighs> I'm a, I'm one, I'm just obsessed with VR as a medium to induce kind of empathy, that direct shot into the eyes, um, I think is, you know, some of the, the most powerful. And I think it has the ability to like pull people into something that is outside, like hunched over in the screen, in the computer. Uh, so I'm just obsessed with the medium and the form. Um, but I'm also super interested in you know, your use of VR puppetry. Um, can you just tell me how this works? And, uh, you know, everything I've seen is just like so powerful, so frenetic. Perhaps what are you trying to like elicit by doing this? Mm, I mean, oftentimes, yeah, I mean, a, a lot of times it, it is something is finding a bit of some some like the human touch in a virtual space which for let I me mean, relies on it you, you can kind of get that when you keyframe something you spend a lot of work but like the way that a, a vr puppet moves physically in space because you're moving your hand no matter how well you're simulating it if you're like it's not going to have the same like impromptu kind of like human touch as if you're actually humanly touching it so that's one reason why so much of our stuff arises out of like body bodily tools or whatever um and oftentimes i default tonally on things that are manic or stressed you know like gig economy stuff stuff that just as like a creative i mean we run our company but we are functionally creative freelancers you know emotions that one feels with you know just just living under the boot of, of uh, platform capital but um yeah i mean and, and and i mean and with a music video oftentimes it's how do you how do you build in the performative aspect, whatever it is, whether it's like the way that a character moves relates to the to the position of the sun in the sky or whatever? How do you how do you build that into the song and have that be like an accompaniment functionally to? It's like it's almost as like you're you're duetting with the song, but like how am I making this character fly or move or move or, the, or maybe the camera is the thing that is being choreographed? How, how am I doing virtual choreography to help? You know, uh, yeah, yeah, um, 
uh, accentuate or aug otherwise augment the source material. But now, but again, now that we're doing more of our own stuff, that's it's it's so much more open creatively, um, and that's where we'll really be exploring a lot with this upcoming film or show or whatever whatever we're working on right now. And the conversation with the real world, I imagine this is this is really meant to be. Uh you know, a, a mirror, it is, it is probably mirroring and accentuating a lot of perhaps like unrealized subconscious emotions in the way that capital is shifting society uh, and meant to perhaps be, is it, you know, it, probably just an American reflection on, uh, on this sort of control system? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, yeah. I mean, it, it is the best I can do oftentimes is, is just reflecting the moment that we're, we're in. I don't have any, as much as I try and build in, you know, my, my like lefty uh, ideals into the, the dialogue and stuff like that. I don't really consider art to be something that can change society. I think that oftentimes it can just uh, maybe heighten it or reflect it and maybe cause somebody to think about something in a slightly different way that may then become a catalyst to something. But um, yeah, oftentimes it's just reflecting where I and the people in my world and my friends are kind of like at. Um, and I, I have fallen in the trap of, you know, I mean, speaking of the the value requirements of platforms, like they 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 value in the moment responses to events like you know in the like trend you know riffing on something that just happened five seconds ago and that does better but but historically i don't think work lasts nearly as long and like it lasts for that five seconds and might it might do well for that five seconds but you look back on it and you won't it doesn't hit in the same way so i'm also trying to pull back um on that element it, it like re represent the the moment we're in but not do so so twitter like you know you know, and I think the the great shame, of course, is that in generally, in order to access these experiences, it is incredibly capital intensive for people, right? So you're kind of just, uh, yeah, you're, you're you're at least I find myself a lot of the time speaking to the the people and showing them the experiences that are generally not the target audience that I want. Um, sure. Yeah. So you know, I see. Uh, I guess what Meta has done with Oculus and them trying to like drive down the cost and, and bringing that into people's homes. But in that instance, again, you know, the, the people become the product uh, in the way they move their eyes and the things that they're looking at. You know, this is all data that's being captured and recorded. Uh, so I, <laughs> you know, I, I worry about this more dystopian narrative and I'm kind of curious if you do as well. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I worrying as much as I'm kind of like I'm just kind of in a I I've been doomer doomered out to the point that I, I'm kind of just trying to reflect the moment. I've kind of like I think I will recover and feel some sort of agency, but really all my agency right now is to just um, reflect it as genuinely as possible and have some fun with it, and then see if my friends and I can try and subvert, try and try and make our own way a little bit. You know, our our some of these other like platform building ventures like web3 based ventures things that are more decentralized are is that a is that an option and that those those are things that make me excited about potential just just finding places to have to yeah make our work um and connect with people but but i, I know what you mean like everything everything we've done as as like avant-garde or whatever as it is is still positioned like I, we it's made with the consideration of the of a generalized audience and it has to hit certain things aesthetically and whatever and i've been over the last few years even more intentionally playing with that trying to understand the cultural stepping stones to for somebody to understand my work better because i don't want to just talk to the same like 
you know, Berlin lefty niche uh, underground um, club people. Like I will, I will continue hanging out and talking with those people, but I would like it to be expand beyond that. And to do so, that conversation, people have to know what you're talking about to an extent, or at least have a few stepping stones to start getting there. Um, whereas, you know, the, the, the world that I come from, everybody kind of gets it. And so I can just kind of riff and do my thing. Everybody kind of understands the language. So, um, yeah, that's also been part of the conversation is like wanting to find a broader audience and wanting to understand how to do something meaningful. That's just not, not just trippy because, you know, things can be flattened to abstraction very easily when you, when they don't understand things. Yeah. I mean, I'll say I come from finance, social impact background. I initially thought crypto was going to be that hack where we could remove like, uh, the, the just capital control around ideas that places like Silicon Valley had these PE firms, like, um, and shift it and recognizing that there is like creative genius. There are new ideas all over the world. And as like a fluid movement of capital uh, on kind of a, I don't know, GoFundMe type thing where everybody's chipping in, you know, a little bit to make it happen. Um, and you increasingly see, see the means co-opted and for NFTs, you know, my big, you know, goal incentive was to just facilitate crypto adoption among more creative people. Uh, because mm -hmm. I, I believed in it, but now again, I see kind of like the means co-opted and I think there's only like a few chances in life where you really get to have one of those like big hacks of society and something I'm really trying to reconcile is how do we have these conversations to express these values to like go back to the origins of this, um, you know, I'm, I'm perhaps like an artist with money which is, <laughs> which is uh, very different. And I think it makes me, you know, grateful for, for visual artists. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That, I mean that, that adoption question, it's all, it's also, it's, it, I think, I think I'm of the mind that, you know, certain moments like this are when you need to, when, when one has to strike because you know, that the status quo is ever so slightly misaligned. So you can sneak in here or there. I, I mean, a lot of times it strikes me that that it, it ends up having to be done with like i mean yeah i mean to your point like a a community community's institutional building because the institutions are so stacked in favor of the current system that if you were have any intention of changing it even if everybody's on the same page with like that we need to change it you have to they're the boring and bureaucratic infrastructural work of just like setting that up bring like introducing people to it and then getting people active in a way that is not just immediately immediately um uh, beneficial immediately like it's working towards a future in tandem with everybody now to and to get to that point is not just you can't just offer them a cool opportunity people have to like trust that that's actually possible and that's also another moment we're in where like that's kind of going counter to all the possibilities is that like the possibilities have been so foreclosed on everybody that the social fabric of like it, trust that like we're building a, a building something together is even possible is is at a all-time low I, I, I at least I feel personally so like it, that that's also another thing that you have to that we're, we're, we're dealing with is that just like the general distrust of people for organization I guess everything I mean I think there was like yeah. you know since maybe early 2000s continuing erosion in uh you know trust of governments trust of institutions but then COVID hit and then we lost trust in each other um mm -hmm because we were mandated to stay away and we, you know, we're told not to go outside, interact. And, you know, we found communities and, and, and built stuff online. Uh, but if we can't like 
bring and translate those lessons back into the real world well what have we really done i mean i'd also say that like that i mean that the, the process of of turning every you know every everybody in society into an individual consumer monad has been, i mean that's been on the that's been the pr a process since the 70s or something like that so this is all just this is all i mean part of it is that like none of this stuff is all that like the tools are novel and like the how it looks is novel but the the, the plan is all it, it just you know individual consumer choice being the the beginning and end and the removal of any sort of social certainly like union type bonds or something like that has is has been you know that's not a new thing that's not specific to the metaverse or to web3 or to any of this stuff i'm very much of like a a dual mind that we exist in this incredible time where uh both of course like technology is empowering individuals to have the same size and scale and scope as you know like I have mm -hmm. the same tools as a hedge fund in the 1990s, right? As an individual, right? I can move capital. I can, uh, you know, I can access technology. I have a trove of information kind of at my thing, but also so do the the corporations. So are are we moving towards like, in your opinion, I, I get doom and gloom, but is it tech dystopia or is it, do we have the promise of some sort of like tech utopia? I well I okay so I I don't think that personally I don't I'm never a believer that that the tech itself is is the emancipatory factor like I I completely reject any tech 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 utopianism or uh, or um technocratic solutions because usually they are just new shiny band-aids for n non systemic change I they can it can be it is a I, I look at it at web3 broadly as an agnostic tool that can be used for whichever and the, and of course it's taking a speculative hypercapitalist uh, uh, form because that is the vessel that is it is filling socially and it has the potential to do other things but then we have to like that has to exist on like a social base of people actually be being interested in a more horizontalist thing and like some people are but at a scale that it, you know there haven't been you know that just there there has to be an, an additional social movement um and that's one thing that ends up being frustrating i feel like as artists is that a certain type of society, I think American media or like society uh, cons consumption kind of looks at art and content as like, as what will change the world. Like if we make the perfect Disney movie, somehow everybody's going to be moral and things will go better and we'll be nice to each other. When that's, that's absolutely not the case. I mean, obviously that's in the interest of the content, how like the studios to make that seem like that's the case. So it's like, oh, I have to consume this. So I'm like taking my communion as like a good liberal, you know, citizen. But I think that, you know, the technology is essential to a certain extent for making better a utopian thing happen and, and giving people more access to whatever, you know, giving them tools for whatever. But the 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 base issue, the alienation from their their lives and their labor and their actual control over the, the world around them, that that it just requires just like boots on the ground, just like a social movement. I, I I feel I feel the gutting of like the American community, the American middle class, like the social fabric that that tied us together. We have, you know, I'm obsessed with the idea of the third space um, being that there is home and there is work and there is generally a third place where people kind of congregated. Like I am here in, you know, a 19th century church uh, that I've repurposed to to be just like a place of congregation for artists, programmers, hackers, developers, people that are really trying to, I don't know, do something, do anything, but at least like let the magic flow. Uh, so I'm curious, you know, what... What are the types of spaces? What are the types of experiences that you think people need to be having and the types of events that we can be 
hosting to restitch this? Sure. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I will say, I mean, uh, my friend uh, Z um, and along with Zach Fox and some other comedians are they're They've been building this like leftist co-op called um, Jaded. And they're they're working on building like this program for doing. They they just had an event recently that was kind of like half panel, half comedy show or something like that. So like they're they're attempting this, and I've been I'm helping them here and there. Um, they could really speak to this honestly significantly better than me because they have history with socialist organizations and like actually what does it take to get people to come to a meeting and like or like actually do stuff that's not just like going out and partying. Um, I certainly think that. I don't, I mean, it's hard for me to say. I will say that like coming from like the nightlife world, you know, being a, being somebody who like DJs, but also does music and music videos and all, all sorts of stuff. The fact that um, the, the congregation point for uh, seemingly a lot of people across all ages it, it has to be in places where you're boozed up and there's no, there's not many other spaces. It's entirely just like music shows are often just a function of just like alcohol sales to support it. That seems like there more more opportunities for for genuine social connection could I mean there, there's something obviously I'm I'm not going to say anything too bad about the club because I feel I feel like clubs are magical spaces but I don't know if they can capture the entirety of you know human connection that there might be better it might be good to have other alternatives um yeah I've I've spent a fair amount of time in club spaces uh I think the alcohol element really like provides mostly escapism right uh it's it's not introspective it's not reflective uh, it, you don't build or connect, although, uh, you know, the music is, is bonding and there are bonding moments and I've had probably some of the, like the most incredible experiences there. I, yeah. So maybe I'm, I'm double-edged sword on that one. It, it, it serves a purpose, but it, yeah, not, but as, as with anything, it, it's not going to do everything. And again, it, it's no, it's no, it's no fix for, you know, uh, uh, atomized social bonds, you know, I mean, I, just, it just, you know, really it's more of an issue that like, now we're all like we like we at least had you know for better or worse uh uh you know um workspaces to go to not that i did i mean for freelancers and people already were at cafes and stuff but like there was at least uh, another place now there's even more atomization and like you know you're just in your you're you're in your pod you get your content you, t you tweet to other people like there is the pr pretense of social interaction but like it's not but it's not anything that anybody can build a social movement on because again these are all mediated by these are all meted by companies that have interests completely against what whatever you would be trying to do. So, like, how do you build a movement when all discourse and all conversation online happens through these these companies who have vested interests in only a certain type of content and discourse happening? It's almost it was, impossible. Yeah, it's almost impossible. Like, it was so I was a very antisocial person, like, did not exist on Instagram, uh, you know, Facebook, Twitter, uh, intentionally right but mm -hmm. in, in starting this museum project it, it forced me to be on twitter uh because that's where the conversation was happening that's where i was meeting and connecting with artists and people um but it was so fascinating to watch as nfts became a commercial enterprise how that algorithm shifted what it was pushing to me uh to make me feel these feelings of FOMO to make me, you know, feel like I was missing out that I had to consume something in order to like be or stay relevant. Sure. Um, and, and that bothers me. And it really is just like for me, reminiscent of 2017 ICO bubble, uh, more talk. Mm. And I mean, uh, 
do you have an idea on where we begin to build like better algorithms and information finding and something that has more of like uh, machine empathy? Uh, I would not place my bet on machine empathy. I would place my bet on just removing removing the the layers of abstraction between people and between their the way they connect and stuff. I mean, and that can be as simple as just like the way in, the way in which the UI of Twitter is structured is and the way that certain things will be brought to the top, even if it's subtle, will completely change the entire tenor of that discourse. It completely really kind of invalidates all of it, honestly. Um, I mean, I, I, the, the thing is like any platform is, it, it, okay, so a platform comes along and it has a better algorithm that like people like TikTok, people like more or something else. Like once you learn, once it learns you, you get only like stuff that's fun. That's not making. That's just not changing the problem. That's just making you slightly happier for like a moment until then that you get bored and the next platform comes along or whatever. Um, it's it's more that we are we are offloading social responsibility or social interaction or just like just we, we're we're automating what used to be organic social dynamics to a black box that again does not have like our best interest in mind and you could say like okay i'm going to create a venture that has human best interest in mind it, like you know the asimov's like rules like the discourse has to be positive it has to be good for humans whatever like here i guess you could try and engineer that i don't know if we're even near that but i would even then that's a layer of abstraction like everybody is so isolated and and removed from anything that would create like the essential thing that we that in my mind we need to be moving towards is you know cooperatively owned th horizontalist things union based things like you know uh, working class power to to try to start to counterbalance the, the the corporate power i don't see any platform it, i mean maybe yeah some like lefty platform comes through and, and like that's where everybody goes but even then you're, you're buoyed by the same forces so i do i see some value in this kind of um weird distributed web three world where everybody has their own platform you can hop hop along i mean that so with channel i mean i believe this is a large part of what their plan and product is is that for example it's, it's it's like three different podcast communities and they're all joining on this this, this group and they're I, I believe that a fair amount or like all of or whatever a certain amount of their su subscriber base is represented is tokenized or it's on the chain one way or another and so that for some of their members who have been shadow banned or, or kicked off of platforms that they need to promote their uh, their podcast these like anti-capitalist anti-platform or at least you know platform critical podcasts they they uh, um they you know it that tanks their ability to actually promote it so the, putting it on chain or whatever ha having it be outside of facebook servers allows them to to transfer their audience to a new platform for example so things that that untether us from being based completely on these existing platforms are exciting especially if they're there are a million of them if it's back to closer to like a website model where it's not just one consolidated thing but that need that needs to be like a whole social movement to deconsolidate and break up all of these like these you know huge oligop oligopical whatever megacorps functionally yeah, is, is how yeah. i see it did you you know all of this conversation reminds me did you see midnight gospel yeah that was the one where they did they animated the podcast interviews exactly yeah it was nice i i thought that was super fascinating in in the way that you know they created a captivating visual high color like high intensity a lot of motion but uh you know you <laughs> but the information that was being fed was like incredibly powerful. And I think that is a, an interesting hack to be able to get people to engage. And I see, you know, deeper, similar possibilities in 
you know, very intentionally stepping into worlds, listening to panel type discussions, listening to more long form things in which people can, you know, be together, interact, see each other, be responsive. Um, and that kind of small niche, you know, the stitching of those small niche communities within that world building is, is promising to me still. I could see that. I mean, yeah, I mean, and certainly if, if the end result is forming, it goes somewhere, if it has somewhere to go, like, that, I mean, that, that's so much, that such ends up being a problem with, with movements these days is that because there's no, like, infrastructural place for, like, all that momentum and energy to go, it's just, like, goes onto Twitter and people are just, like, doing petitions. But if it's, like, something they can join and start participating in, helping fund and start, like, activating in, I mean, it doesn't have to, I mean, you know, I'm always, even as much of a virtual artist as I am, I always default on, like, it should be pers- people in person at some point um, to make it real. But like, as long, if 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 you know, I could see a a good use case of, of metaversey stuff being some. Well, again, that would have to detach it from my definition of metaverse as being inherently uh, corporate. But corporate. like, you know, this 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 Web three spatial virtual whatever, just like online communities, online communities. If they have somewhere to go, and then there's like an established, you know. Uh, agenda and they're and it's organized and it's working towards a goal not just socializing not just talk not just not just social critique because i will say this is slightly an aside but i have recently been seeing a lot of ostensibly leftist radical communities um as soon as like somebody comes along trying to actually do something and it doesn't it's not the absolute perfect version of how they would do mm-hmm. it in their head they become insanely critical and and, and i realized like oh they're they're not they're not in it to accomplish anything. We've all been trained by these platforms to just be be critics, be cultural commentators, to do a little like roast on Twitter, get like our get our little dopamine from like having a good take, and then the world continues, you know, going south. And that's not to say that like any of us have that much con- like uh, uh, control over our lives or actual you know any any way to change things. But um, I, having having a having a, a place for a community to go proactively more than just socializing and sharing interests and like recipes and shit, I think is essential if it's going to actually accomplish anything more than just like hanging out yeah i mean they've been these mega corps have been so good at just training us into these feedback loops where we are just like automatically there and then we ask ourselves if you know maybe if we ask ourselves why are we here what are we doing you know how has this like dictated Mm -hmm. and controlled my life like time is just running away and here i am doom scrolling for yeah for whatever it is um Mm -hmm. well i mean that that's usually is all that's available to you it's like, what else are you going to do? It's like, you just, it's okay. I'm going to like doom watch on Netflix or I'm going to doom scroll on Twitter. So, I mean, and it's less fun. It's less like of a dopamine hit and people are less likely to hop onto things that are like, okay, it feels like work. Like, okay, we're building a social movement. Like, ugh, like I'd rather just play Halo. And, and like, I don't blame people for, for feeling that way because no, at no time in their lives have they seen any, anything like that actually catch, like be worth it. It just, you know, collapses or becomes infighting or whatever. But so it's kind of just, it's like, trying and trying and trying and waiting for the right moment where enough people get on the same page to to defer um that immediate pleasure response or immediate monetary response or immediate entertainment response for just a moment to work towards something larger and institute in, intentionally institutional these are these are deep questions We're, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah i mean i yeah, just you know yeah, I, I just make animations like i you know i'm no I mean, scholar but that's what i see <laughs> That's what I it's, it was nice to meet you, you know. Yes. Yeah, Likewise. Good, yeah, good first introduction. Um, we've got just a couple minutes, so you know, any any parting words? Let people know where to find you. I'm really grateful, appreciative for the conversation. 
Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Um, well, uh, I, on, on Instagram, it's at sam.rolfus and my brother andy.rolfus and team.rolfus and um, we're on Twitter and stuff like that, whatever. But yeah, we, our first our first like original stage show performance with, with Lil Mariko will be debuting in June. Uh, I think it's like the second or third. I'll have to see. Soft Center, Carriage, Carriage Works, Vivid Festival, that stack of festivals in, in Sydney. And then we'll probably be touring around. We'll also probably be doing some performances at Zero Space in New York. Uh, we're going to be fleshing, helping flesh out like the programming here um, from an artistic angle. So we'll be like, look forward to some stuff there. There should be like a refraction Dow thing. Um, but yeah, uh, and I don't know. I, I babbled, you know, plenty about my feelings about you know, the metaverse and crypto and all that. But I, I would, I would um, just emphasize to everybody that that as exciting as the tech is, it by itself will not emancipate us from the current situation it really has to be grounded in a social movement and that takes other stuff and other skills um and i'm interested in building that with people and, and contributing so anyway i yeah happy to talk with whoever's into that kind of thing yeah i think these conversations have been shaping up to be a, a dose of realism in an otherwise like totally hyped and out yes. of control market um it's crazy yeah so that's very just, useful i appreciate that yeah, I um, I very much appreciate your honesty, your opinions and thoughts. Thank you really for making the time. I'm going to get us out of here. Uh, I'm Colborn Bell with Museum of Crypto Arts. We're with artist, designer, world builder, Sam Rolfus. Uh, thank you again to Minty and everybody for producing these conversations. Breaking news. 